Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 29. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about connecting back to our bodies. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Beth. Sorry about that. My, my unmute button would work. <laughs> What's happening? Although Beth could have totally edited that out and then none of you guys have any idea and I just screwed that up now. So sorry. That's I'm great. Right. How, how are you? I already told Beth this morning that uh, I just haven't been so, I haven't been setting an alarm. I used to always have one that went off at 7.15 just in case. Um, but I just haven't been setting an alarm because Remy has been getting up from like, Gosh, I mean, he's been getting up as early as like 5.30 and then we try and keep him back in bed. But like 5.30 to like, I mean, 6.45 latest on a good day. And he woke up at like 7.43 today and we recorded 7.45. So poor Beth has to deal with me. But anyways, well, that's I'm the, good though. <laughs> that's, the, that's the time zone difference for us. Yeah. I'm here like, all right. And actually my husband was great. He wanted to he was like, hi, I'm going to go pick something up on Friday. And I was like, I have the podcast. He's like, well, I wanted to bring Piper anyway. And I said, okay, great. Oh, perfect. So Very nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting I'm getting ready to go on my trip. We're going on vacation for 10 days. Um, so that's super exciting. Just got to finish packing this morning. And our flight is at 2 o'clock today. So <laughs> I love that. I could not. I could not finish packing on the same day as my flight, I don't think. But. Hey, more power to you. And record a podcast. I'm impressed. But this way, we're giving you a week off next week. Exactly. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still pregnant. Um, I'm really hoping by the time this podcast... Well, no. I'll still be pregnant by the time this podcast airs. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was really short of breath today. And I was just sitting here doing stuff on my computer. And I was like... Just get lower again. You were so low last week. Get back down there. <laughs> nice. I remember that in like the last, last days. I had no, I mean, this is your second child, but it's like, I didn't really know what it meant for them to be low. And I'm like, oh, you're like kind of coming out, but you're not. Okay. That was like the very freaky situation for me when that happened. And you at all in your first or is that just me? Um... No, I mean, she never really descended to, like, I never fully dilated with her. That's why mm-hmm. I ended up with the C-section. So I feel like she got lower, and I was like, hey, there's space between my boobs and my stomach. It's just not one <laughs> big mound. Um, but it was never to the point where I was like, I felt like I was waddling because her head was between my legs, which I've heard is what people often feel. Yeah. I wasn't fully dilated at all. I wasn't even dilated. And... I just remember going to the bathroom once and like reaching down there and being like, oh my God, this feels like really freaky. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I should go any further in details, but anyways, we can move on. Well, we are going to talk about connecting to our bodies today. That's true. Oh, perfect. (laughs) But first we will talk about our real mom moments of the week. So I was telling my husband about this segment. He's like, I don't listen to your podcast. Is that okay? And I said, you know what? It's probably a good thing. But he, I was telling him about our real mom moment. And he was like, can you do a real dad moment for me? And I said, sure. So a couple of nights ago, 
we're putting the kid down to bed and we waited a little too long so she's a little bit of a a little upset and having a really hard time going to bed and she's also in one of those moods like she knows baby's coming so she just wants to spend all of her time with mom and dad like don't leave me don't leave me yet don't go yet that's our favorite don't go yet and so he's like I'm just gonna scoop you up and put you into bed and he kneels like full weight on her finger oh no and she starts crying so we like go and get the ice and apparently it was the wrong ice pack because it was just one it was one of those that like nothing was gonna be okay and we finally calm her down and then he puts he's she's in bed and then he's like she likes both hugs where like one of us lays on one side of her and the other lays on the other side of her oh and while he's crawling into this position he like knees like lays on top of her knee or something and like squashes her again oh my god i'm pretty sure it happened three times in like the 20 minutes of trying to get her down that he like (laughs) is accidentally beating her up during bedtime and uh so yeah it's like one of those just murphy's law what uh, was that? Remember, I, mean, I think it's Murphy's Law. Like everything that can go wrong will go wrong, or what? What mm-hmm. it was like? Yep, it's one of those nights. But we recovered, got her to bed, and all that. And you just you look back on those kind of events and laugh. But in the moment, it's like, oh my god, I can't do anything right. So yeah, oh, that's so sad. Poor little thing. Yeah, poor he, dad. <laughs> he felt so bad. He wanted me to share that this week. So that's my my moment. That's sweet. Oh, now I kind of want to think of a dad moment for a time. Anyways, I was just going to use my this morning moment of just totally being in, I don't know, my own other world of not setting alarms and whatever, because I feel like that happens to me a lot. I am very, very lucky that even though I work, I don't start work on days that I work at 11 till 1130. So my mornings are just like, totally for me which is super awesome but I would say when I have appointments in the morning it um I'm I'm in my own I'm still in mom world and so sometimes I'm late (laughs) and I think the hurried mom thing is is kind of a common stereotype and sometimes that's me so that's mine (laughs) I'm right there with you uh the most alarms I've set recently are the alarms to wake her up in the middle of the night to pee um I will say, I feel, I don't know if it's just me or this happens to other people, but setting an alarm somehow tells my body, like, hey, you're going to have to get up at this time. And I wake up at, like, like four minutes before my alarm goes off every time. And that kind of freaks me out because the alarm doesn't go off at the same time. Oh, it is. Mm. Well, your body just has a very, very good clock. I've heard that before from people. I am not. I am, like, a, I've always been a chronic sleeper in like sleep through alarms type of person. I'm a lot better now, but in college, like I could have an alarm blaring by my head and I wouldn't wake up and wake up the whole house. That's not me. So yeah. I used to just set my alarm to be on vibrate so that I would just wake up from the vibration of it on the desk. I could probably do that now, but if you told me that in college, I'd be like, that's hilarious. (laughs) I love it. All right, let's move on to our tips of the week. Our tips are anything from movement to nutrition to mindfulness or motherhood. My tip this week is about movement. And I feel like this is one that people say all the time, but it's just use the stairs. And I'm not even saying like if you're 
on the 12th floor of a hotel, take the stairs all the way up, but not be, be willing if you forget something and it's upstairs or downstairs, just go get it, go back up and get it. I feel like a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's upstairs. I don't really need it. But running up and down the stairs to grab it and come back down one, then I have something that I wanted and needed. And then I got a little extra exercise by going up and down the stairs. So quick and easy. That's great. I love that. I do that. Too. Like, well, now with Remy, it's like it's made me much so much more aware now that he's mobile of like how much stuff I would wait to take downstairs at one time. But like now I can't really because either I have to leave him upstairs, but well, I can't leave him alone with a dog. So it's like just easier to bring him down with me. But then I have he cannot go down our stairs yet. So then I have, you know, only one arm. So I'm like, OK, it's not that big of a deal. Just go up and down the stairs a couple times. I, I think that's a great way to get movement, and I love that. Um, mine this week is finding trusted sources to ask certain questions to. And for me, these sources are different depending on the type of question I have. And I think it took me a while to figure out where to ask things to, but like now that I feel like I'm in a groove about that, I feel like things have just gotten a lot easier. So, um, for me, there's like certain questions that I always just turn to my mom and I feel like that's a natural thing. But there's a lot of things that I won't ask my mom because her parenting style is a little different than mine. Some of her beliefs are a little different than mine. She's kind of totally like that, like, oh, just throw him a crib and let him cry it out kind of to camp. And like, I'm not. And um, same thing, like certain things I'll like ask my sister about. Um, but then there's other things where I have Facebook groups that I'm in. You know, I just don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of good friends here who have kids. I have one, but um, for me, I really like to collect a lot of people's points. So I really enjoy Facebook groups and I'm in a few different ones. And like, I will literally like ask different groups, different questions, depending on like kind of the type of answer, answer I'm gearing towards, which I understand totally biases the answer, but like, I don't know. I feel like if you understand how you're biasing the answer, then that's okay. Like I have a group that's like super crunchy and natural. And so like, I will not ask them anything about toys because they're like, Oh, here's this beautiful wooden toy, a handmade by, you know, children who from a refugee camp and it's like $6,000, but it's, you know, essential for your child's growth and development. And I'm like, yeah, no. Okay. I just need something that like I can afford and is also a good toy. So it's like, I ask it in a different group. Um, so I feel like having that uh, just trusted sources is great. Um, I know like Liz Wolf has a parenting group, parenthood gr- group that's great, but they're a little crunchier, but they have really, really great um, things. And then there's another mom group that I'm in that I love, which, I mean, if we want to link to it, we can. And I just feel like the group of moms there is just this very, very diverse, but everyone's super open, super nice, super supportive, which is rare in a Facebook group. And then I was in another Facebook group for moms and I just got out of it because it was terrible. Like it was unsupportive. People were mean, like the advice was really harsh. So just pay attention if you're in groups to what it is or even the advice that you're asking people to, if it's just a person and kind of understand, okay, is this jiving with me? Is this person worth asking advice to? Or is this group worth worth asking advice to? And just kind of have your, have your sources that you trust. I love this suggestion. I haven't done this in a really long time. I um I have I have some great friends here and I talk I talk out things with them and I but really a lot of questions. It's like it's usually at this stage of of my daughter's development. It's, you know, if we're talking about like 
kids stuff, which I feel like most of this is, it's, it's like a decision that my husband and I have to make together because we need to be unified on that. And then I have, I guess, trusted resources of where I look information up. Um, so I think that that's, but, but I, but I remember being in like the first one to two years, need, like wanting and needing and seeking all this information. Um, and then also like, well, I just finished, I ran an infant massage course for, for actually most of my friends to finish my certification. And they just were asking questions of each other. So like mom's clubs, mom's groups that you actually go to in person are really great Mm -hmm. places to do that as well. So again, as long as you find a group that jives with, you know, the answer that you're going to get is going to jive with what you're interested in. Um, My sister-in-law was telling me how she hates, she hates the internet because you, you can literally find, if you're asking a question that has like a yes or no answer, you can find about a million reasons to do say yes and a million reasons to say no. And they both seem incredibly valid, but it's depending on what your internal, your internal drive is, your motivation, your more, you know, your, I don't want to say like morals, but just like your, what your, what makes you, you. So I, I love that finding those kind of groups to, to have that. So great suggestion. Thanks. So we are going to talk about connecting back to our bodies this week. We have kind of been alluding to this. We alluded to it last week on our episode on boundaries and just really knowing about what your body, like listening to your body and knowing what your body is trying to tell you. Does that sound about right? What we're talking about this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a few different ways or there's like a million different ways. Actually, our body tries to talk to us and communicate with us. And I think we have we just haven't been taught it as a culture. And not only have we not been taught it, but it's also been almost like untaught to us. So, I mean, it's all these like little ways that can happen during you know, childhood or even adulthood that it's like, I mean, think about the times maybe your child has come to you with like, oh, you know, I don't feel good or, oh, I'm really sad about that. Or, you know, they're upset and you're like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Or like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. And so while obviously you don't have like bad intentions with that, it over time starts to teach your child to second guess their own emotions and thoughts. Or even like if they're at the table and they're like, oh, I'm full, I don't want more food. And you're like, no, you need more food, you know. It's like, oh, like the, I can't trust my own stomach. And these little things that kind of happen, honestly, for a lot, probably a lot of people on a daily basis, it really just unteaches us to trust and listen to our bodies. And then I think on top of that, we're never actually taught any ways to trust and listen to our bodies. Um, and so as a parent, I know sometimes when I talk to people about this or if I have patients who have little kids that they're bringing into me and Beth can probably speak to this a whole lot more because she actually deals with kids a lot more than I do. I don't do it very often, but, um, I think a lot of times parents push back is like, no, but my kid really is fine. Like she's faking a stomach ache to get out of school and whatnot. And yeah, I think by the time they're old enough to do something like that, you've kind of already untaught it. So yeah, at that point, it might not be reliable information or they might be doing it for a different reason. So 
it's going to take some time to bring it back to that and bring that trust back around that. And so I think that's probably a bigger conversation for today. So we won't get into that, but I just want to address that pushback I hear, or even from people being like, no, I really can't trust my body. Like my body tells me I'm hungry when I'm definitely not hungry and things like that. And that actually, let's start there because I could go a million reasons for that. So for hunger, a lot of patients tell me or clients tell me that they can't trust their hunger. And usually what that's a lot more about is not being able to understand what feeling is going on in your body. And chances are you're misinterpreting a feeling as hunger when it's not hunger. So a craving isn't hunger. Um, and I think that is a misinterpretation um, what happens a lot. So it's if you've just stuffed your face and you're feeling hungry, you're not like that's you're not feeling hungry. So in that moment, um, what you'd want to do is really take a second back and be like, OK, what am I really feeling? And I'll get into that in a second. Um, so other times where we misinterpret things often are when it comes to like gut instincts, we'll have a feeling, a gut instinct, and then we like doubt it. We go too logical on it. And then we start changing it around and then it kind of messes up, messes up, up in our, um, us up in our head and we can't figure out where we're going with that. And then we're like, well, I really don't know if I have that yes or no. So like what Beth was talking about with Google searching the yes or no, it's like you probably already had a gut thing that you wanted and then you went and read all this stuff and now you like can't really connect back to like, okay, what are my own values? Like there is no, there is no, this, we're not talking about yes or no's where there's like scientific proof 100% for the yes or no. Like do humans have toes? Yes. Like you can't, we're not talking about something like that, but something where the, you, there is a gray zone and it relies on your own values and feelings. Um, we start messing that up by bringing too much logic and asking too many people around. So before I keep going, I want to ask Beth if there's anything that she wants to talk about because <laughs> I could talk about this for a while. I know. I, I love everything you touched on. I, you know, we're talking about kind of you started talking about hunger now. So as far as hunger goes, I think that I love the separation between cravings and true hunger. I think that it definitely takes some time. That's definitely a big one that with my own child, I'm very big. She'll, she'll be done eating and we t don't tend to make her eat more, but she might be saying, Hey, I'm done. Can I have dessert now? Or something like that. Well, it's like, well, if you want dessert, if you have enough room in your belly for dessert, then you have enough room to take two more bites of chicken or whatever, whatever the protein is. Or we might say, hey, you know, if you don't eat more dinner, you can't have a snack before bed because she does. We do let her have a snack before bed every night. So that we kind of say, all right, well, are you done? Are you just bored? Is this, you just want to eat something different? So we do definitely do that. Um, and when it comes to food, I literally saw, caught myself doing it today. She was eating, we get these applesauce, chicken apple sausages for her for breakfast. And she goes, it's a little bit spicy. And we typically are like, it's not spicy. But I'm like, you know what? You're right. It might taste a little bit spicy for you. Here's your milk to cool it down. She goes, okay. Mm -hmm. And she ate the whole sausage. Where all it needed to be done was validated. And I think that that's kind of going to be our, our underlying theme through all of this is that when you're connecting to your body, you don't necessarily have to act on what you're feeling, you just have to recognize it and validate it. So even if you have a kid that says like, I can't go to school, I have a tummy ache, 
well, you just need to say, I'm sorry your tummy hurts, but, you know, but you still need to go to school. Or just recognize that, okay, this is something that you're telling me you're feeling, and I'm not in your body, so I can't tell you that. Or this is something I'm feeling, and I just need to recognize and validate it, and then I can decide whether or not I'm going to do anything about it. Yes, I love that so much. And that was, I love that. It was such a beautiful, beautiful example with your daughter and the food being spicy. It's like, yes, all you have to do is say yes. Or, oh, that's interesting that you feel that way. Like, if you don't agree, just be like, oh, that's really interesting. And like, don't quite, you don't need to question it. Or you can ask questions like to learn more about what they're feeling, but not like, you know, from a point of, no, that's not right questions. So some ways to get back in touch with your body are to really just take a pause, take a few deep breaths, like three deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, and just ask yourself, what am I really feeling right now? And so a great time to do this is if you're feeling hungry, but you don't really feel like it's a warranted feeling or it doesn't make sense, like you've just had a full meal. Um, And so ask yourself, it's like, what am I really feeling? And your brain loves questions, and so it's really good at answering them. And over time of doing this, the answer will probably come quicker and quicker. So the first time you do this, you might not come up with an answer. And you know what? That in itself is okay. Um, If you hear, I don't know as an answer, your immediate um, response is, I don't know. Question that a little bit. I don't know. You're like, well, if if I had to say something, it would most likely be. And kind of fill in the blank there. So that way you're not, you know, tied down to anything. And again, it's just information and curiosity. This isn't going to like dictate anything beyond this moment in itself. And so a lot of times um, hunger can be um, a feeling of, or it can be felt when we're feeling too, like really stressed, overwhelmed, um, lonely, even really happy. A lot of times hunger is a way to numb feelings that we're kind of a little bit uncomfortable with because food is going to do that. So our bodies over time, over the time times of us turning to food in times where we've had these bigger emotions has just learned like, hey, if I crave food and you eat it, I don't ever even have to feel these emotions in the first place. So just taking that step back and maybe even putting like your hand on your heart or your hand on your stomach and just kind of being like, okay, what is it that you really, really do want? And so maybe in that you know case, you come up with like stress, and it's like, okay, so tell me a little bit, like, why are you stressed? And go from there. And then you could say, what else could I do to help alleviate that stress? And just asking your body questions and taking that time to find out what it is that it really needs rather than what you might be just craving in the moment, which might be food or sugar or coffee or whatever it is. And then from there, you get to decide what you want to do with that information. So you can be like, okay, cool, I came up with I'm tired and I need sleep, but it's 7 a.m. and I have to go to work, so you know what? I'm going to have a coffee right now. Cool, like that's fine. Whatever, you, or you might be like, you know what? I am really stressed, and I still do want this giant piece of cake, even though I'm stuffed. All right, you're an adult. You can make the decisions you want, but as long as you went through that process with your body, then um, it starts to connect you back, and over time, that starts to shift things. You have any thoughts on that at all? Definitely. I 
I love the kind of the pausing we in our house we use kind of the halt method and I feel like it was uh, primarily designed for um, addictions things like that but if you're feeling an emotion and you're not sure like what it is the halt stands for hunger anger loneliness or tiredness and it's like we use them on us we use them on our child it's like okay let's go through these four things, because, you know, these are often some of the things that can be a cause of it. Yeah, maybe if it's not one of them and it, you need to deep down it, it is something that's like stress or that kind of thing. But are, are there are there some more surface level things that we can address that we need to for feeling that way? And I actually had a moment like this last night. I got home from work. I was tired. It was my husband's birthday. We were having people over. And I was just like, I wanted, I just wanted to cry. And it was like one of those things where I was like, well, it's not really a good time because there's people here and all this. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to recognize that I am, I'm sad right now and I'm just not feeling myself and that's okay. And it, it will get better. And I might mention it to my husband. He's like, well, what's wrong? I was like, I, I'm not really sure why. It's just an emotion I feel. And then by the time we got through dinner, I was fine. So I'm pretty sure it was just hunger that I didn't recognize at that point as hunger because I'm like, I had snacks all day. But just <laughs> in the moment, as like eating food made me, I realized after that just made me feel better. So it's like, okay, well, next time I feel this emotion, maybe, maybe I need to find that it's the hunger one. I'm going to challenge that back to you, Beth. <laughs> If you've been, and again, it's, it's, you'd have to say in the moment, does that like make sense for you to be hungry? But if you have been eating all day, then there just might be glimpses of sadness coming up. It's like you're having huge changes that are coming up in your life. So it might, when, when it's an appropriate time. So yeah, right before you're having a dinner party and all these people are coming over, probably was not, it's not the best time to do something like this. Um, but if you need to, you can, um, but it might be going and not, you, you can't lie down on your back sit up in a chair um, and and like place your place your hand first recognize where you're feeling that sadness so it could be anywhere in your body a lot of times we feel it in our chest maybe even in our belly wherever it is and just place your hand there and being like okay there's sadness here and just feeling into it and then maybe, you know, after a minute or two and just some deep breathing and just feeling what it's feeling, you can ask it like, okay, what's going on here? Where is the sadness coming from? Or I actually wouldn't even say, where is it coming from? I'd say like, what are you trying to tell me? And because you don't need to know the root stem of any feelings. I think sometimes our bodies just have feelings that have been unprocessed, um, that it doesn't really matter where they come from. They just need to be acknowledged and released. And that's, then they just move move on without ever knowing like what happened when you were six to cause that emotion. Um, and really just getting curious with it, sitting with it for a few minutes. And a lot of times it's amazing how just doing that, it starts to transform. So maybe it starts in your chest and then it like just moves. Like for me, I feel my move from like my belly or my chest up into my throat and then like almost out a lot. Um, for someone else, they might feel it completely different. It might go down into their feet or in their hands. You know, it doesn't matter what it's doing. Just feel it. Um, for me, sometimes just acknowledging it and you know, kind of sitting with it for a few minutes, it just goes away and I can't even find it anymore. And it's like it's been resolved. Other times it gets a lot worse and more intense. 
And like, I'll even start coming up with all this, like really negative feelings and times where there's like something kind of negative going on. And it's like, it's kind of like goes to a dark place for a little bit. But as again, as you become more comfortable with this and you just trust the process of like, okay, these things are just like things that need to be almost like come out and released. And, you know, you can stop at any time and pull, pull yourself out of it at any time. But a lot of times if you sit through it and just let it happen and no judgment, you're just like curious about like, huh, that's interesting that like these thoughts are coming up. Just let them cycle through. And then a lot of times they come up and out. Um, and I definitely have had like a lot of guidance on how to do that. Like I've worked with a life coach on how to do that. Um, some meditations and body scans can be really helpful for starting with that. If you're like, I don't even know how to sit quietly with myself, then I would definitely just suggest just start with meditation. Um, it's a really great way to just start connecting back to your breath and finding it there. And that's like, if you can start connecting with your breath, then you can start connecting with other body parts. And those body scan meditations take you through each body part. So it just starts to bring awareness to that. So sorry, I started with challenging you and then I just like went off on a tirade, but. No, and you know, <laughs> now that you kind of mention it, I, it makes me think more what I said to my husband. I was like, I just, I just need some time by myself to, to, to feel what I'm feeling. So I was like, you go hang out with them. I'm going to do the dishes because I want it to get done. And mm-hmm. I was going to put music on, but I wasn't feeling it. So I just like in the quiet, just methodically did the dishes. And I, you know, now that you're saying that maybe it wasn't the food, maybe it was the, the quiet time and then just the being by myself. I mean, I know that, <laughs> I mean, being sad is not an abnormal feeling this at this time in pregnancy. The emotions are going haywire. It's just they come up some somewhat suddenly. And I think that the the biggest point is that you don't necessarily have to know why. Mm-hmm. Is is if you validate the feelings, they're okay feelings to have, and we're all supposed to have every emotion at some point you know it's they're not good or bad I mean even things like anger like that's not necessarily a bad emotion it's just something you're feeling it's like hey I'm angry right now and maybe that you recognize that and you're like I'm gonna walk away because I'm a little angry right now then this is not the situation that I want to respond in this way so mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna separate myself for it so I think that learning how to recognize recognize and validate feelings for yourself, for your children, for your partners. I mean, even just saying like, recognizing like, oh, you know, hubby over there is feeling like that. You may not want to say that to him or her, but recognizing that they're having emotions can also be really important. Mm-hmm. And I think recognizing if you're close enough to someone where you can pretty accurately recognize their emotions, I think acknowledge them in a way of like, hey, you look like you're feeling a little sad right now. What's up? Or you need to talk about it can be a great way, especially with kids, because that validates it. You know what I mean? It makes it like okay for them to talk about it. And if they don't want to talk about it, then that's okay. But just the fact that you validated and recognized it is so, so helpful. And um, I think what you're saying uh, earlier about your husband wanting to be like, why, why is it, why are you feeling this? I feel like that's our instinct. It's like, why, why? Because we want to then fix it, which is something that I definitely like to do with other people and I'm working on myself. Um, is, 
is we don't need to fix anything with our kids. If they're feeling an emotion, it's not your job to fix it. All your job is, is to validate it and acknowledge it and um, move on from there. Sorry, my dog just came down and my child's going to come in this room in a second. Um, and the other thing I wanted to add was, and they totally distracted me. Go on. Go ahead. <laughs> Totally fine. I wanted to share another anecdote. Uh, it's this like proud wife and mom moment. Uh, the other night, my daughter's been having a, a harder time processing her feelings of this new baby coming, and we know that this is this is what's pressing on her mind because she'll she'll say these random comments here or there. Um, like I just heard that she just told my mother yesterday, totally out of the blue. Things are going to be different when the baby comes. I'm not going to be able to be loud because we're going to have to be quiet because the baby's sleeping. And so so, so we know that this is on her mind. And we're trying not to talk about it too much, but to give her opportunity to discuss it. And at night is when it's particularly hard because she just she doesn't want us to leave her. And so we want to give her nice and hugs and comforts. But there's only so many times I can have her sleep in my bed and still be true to my body. But my husband said... That she just, she, what she'll do is she, she'll need to get a cry out. So she'll be obstinate and just do everything that she can so she gets quote unquote disciplined and then she'll cry. And then she feels better and she knows that she feels better. My, my husband said, he, he told me later, he said, well, you know, I said, so do you want to, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to tell Wonder Woman what's going on? She has this Wonder Woman like doll thing. And she goes, no, I just want to cry. And so he just let her. And I was so proud of that and excited for that because, you know, we've been talking about all of this just, hey, sometimes they just need to get feelings out. And she has no idea how to say what she's feeling. And I'm not going to give her the words because I don't want to put emotions, you know, I don't want to project anything on there. So all we have to do is just be there for her, let her cry. Let her get frustrations out. And if she does come up with some words to say, then we validate those feelings. Yeah, that's great. I was just, and this might be a good reference too, is there's a book called The Whole Brain Child. Uh, I can't remember the author and I'm listening to it. I'm only on like chapter two right now. But we were talking about, it was like a two-year-old who was in a car accident and all he could say was Eo Woo Woo. And that was like the name of the babysitter who was driving was Sophia and the Woo Woo was the ambulance. And so the parents, they said a lot of times our natural instinct as parents is to try and avoid talking about kind of situations. And they were saying actually by acknowledging them and talking about them more, it actually allows them to pass and process a lot quicker. So in his case, all he could say was Eo Woo Woo. It's like the cutest story ever. Oh my gosh, I like got chills just listening to like the book on tape that I'm listening to. But um it's all he could say, but the parents would just be like, oh, yes, you know, you're right. Sophia got taken away in an ambulance and they weren't projecting any feelings. And then, you know, he would kind of move on from there and then say it again. And they said in the first day, you know, he said it, I mean, over and over and over again. But then a little less the next day, a little less, less the next day. And then he just kind of stopped. So, yeah, like in your daughter's case, it might be like, oh, you know, like I heard that you you know, can't be loud anymore. You know, what's that feeling like? Like, you don't need to project any feelings. Just like asking questions about it. Um, if your child is concerned about it or if there is something big and 
a big event coming up that you're a little worried about acknowledging it. Like the research is showing that acknowledging the feelings and again, not projecting your feeling. I feel like that's a really important thing, not projecting it, but talking about it and giving them that time to talk about it can really help them process those emotions a lot faster. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say before I got distracted um, is that I think sometimes we resist acknowledging them or feeling like what we're feeling or maybe even asking someone about something because we're scared of what's going to happen or what's going to come out. And what I want to say is, especially when it comes to your own feelings, is this stuff that comes out, you do not need to act on it. Beth already said that earlier. I'm just reiterating that. So you might be like worried about acknowledging that you're really stressed out because you're like, oh my God, that means I'm going to have to quit my job. And then if I quit my job, we're going to have to move to another state because we can't afford to live here. Like just let all that stuff happen and like process that all. That's totally fine. It does not mean you need to actually go and quit your job. Sometimes just acknowledging that that's what's going on can help so much because otherwise you just have this like pent up worst case scenario in your head that it just needed to be acknowledged and released. And it's like amazing how sometimes when I like go through these like cycles of like, oh my God, if this happens and this happens and this happens, this happens, you like almost think you're going to feel a lot worse. And you're like, oh, okay. Like I just needed to, I just needed to acknowledge that that was a fear in me. And, and then from there you can kind of move on. If it's not, you know, going up and you're like, oh, that is a legit thing. Then you choose to deal with it. But just because you have some thought does not mean you need to act on it. So I just want to be clear about that. Just allow the thought to happen and move on. Okay. That sounds good to me. I love, I love that we're saying <laughs> just because you have a thought, you don't need to act on it. Can you imagine what this world would be if we all acted on every single thought that we had? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to be chatting about getting your kids to love helping around the house. Follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feeds of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.